Shimad Bhagavatam, uh, first canto, chapter five, <coughs> text eighteen. Um, Narada's instructions on Shimad Bhagavatam. Tatva, Sva, Dharmam, Charanambujam. Adair Bajan Apakvo Tam Patet Tato Yadi Taktva Svadharmam Tananam Bujam Taktva svadharmam tananam bujam harer. Mm. 
Bajana Pakva Tapatetato Yadi Bajana Pakva Tapatetato Yadi Yatra Kva Vabadram Abud Mushya Kim Ka Varta Apto Bajatam Sadharmata Yatrakva Vabajam Abhuda Mushya Kim Yatrakva Vabajam Abur Amushakim Kovarta Apto Bhatatamsa Dharmata Kovarta Apto Bhatatamsa Dharmata Tvatva sadharmam charanam bujam hare Bhajan pakvota patetato yadi Bhajan pakvota patetato yadi Yatrakvava badram abura mushakim. Yatrakvava badram abura mushakim. Kovarta apto bhatatamsvadharmata. Kovarta apto bhajatamsva dharmata. Tyaktva sadharmam charanam bujam hare. Bhajanak pokva tota pateta doyadi. Yatakvava bhajam abhuda mushakim. Kovarta apto bhajatamsva dharmata. I'd like to try? Sure. Tvaktva sadharmam charanam bujam hare. Bhajana pakvata pateta doyadi. Yatrakvava bhajam abura mushakim. Kovarta apto bhajatam sadharmata. Anyone else? Tvaktva sadharmam charanam bhujam hare. Pajana pakvata pateta toyadi. Yatrakvava 
Anyone else? Chaktva. Having forsaken. Svadharmam. One's own occupational engagement. Charana Ambujam. The lotus feet. Hare. Of Hari, the Lord. Bhajan, in the course of devotional service. Apakva, immature. Atam, for the matter of. Patet, falls down. Tataha, from that place. Yadi, if, yatra, whereupon, kva, what sort of, va, or, used sarcastically in parentheses, abadram, unfavorable, Abut shall happen. Amushya of him. Kim nothing. Kam. I'm sorry. Kava varta. Kava arta. What interest? Apta, obtained, abhajatam, of the non-devotee, sadharmata, being engaged in occupational service. Translation, one who has forsaken his material occupations to engage in the devotional service of the Lord may sometimes fall down while in an immature stage. Yet there is no danger of his being unsuccessful. On the other hand, a non-devotee, though fully engaged in occupational duties, does not gain anything. Translation again, please repeat. One who has forsaken... His material occupations to engage in the devotional service of the Lord may sometimes fall down while in an immature stage. Yet there is no danger of his being unsuccessful On the other hand, a non-devotee, though fully engaged in occupational duties, does not gain anything. Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. As far as the duties of mankind are concerned, there are innumerable duties. Every man is duty-bound not only to his parents, family members, society, country, humanity, other living beings, the demigods, etc., but also to the great philosophers, poets, scientists, etc., It is enjoined in the scriptures that one can relinquish all such duties and surrender unto the service of the Lord. 
So if one does so, so if one does so and becomes successful in the discharge of his devotional service unto the Lord, it is well and good. But it so happens sometimes that one surrenders himself unto the service of the Lord by some temporary sentiment and in the long run, due to so many other reasons, he falls down from the path of service by undesirable association. There are so many instances of this in the histories. Bharat Maharaj was obliged to take his birth as a stag due to his intimate attachment to a stag. He thought of the stag when he died. As such, in the next birth he became a stag. Although he did not forget the incident of his previous birth. Similarly, Chichiketu also fell down due to his offenses at the feet of Shiva. But in spite of all this, the stress is given here to surrendering unto the lotus feet of the Lord. Even if there is a chance of falling down, because even though one falls down from the prescribed duties of devotional service, he will never forget the lotus feet of the Lord. Once engaged in the devotional service of the Lord, one will continue the service in all circumstances. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that even a small quantity of devotional service can save one from the most dangerous position. There are many instances of such examples in history. Ajamil is one of them. Ajamil, in his early life, was a devotee, but in his youth he fell down. Still, he was saved by the Lord at the end. Om Agnatimarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chaksho Militang Tasmai Shri Gurve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manopishtang Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svabhadantikam Bande Hang Shri Gurun Shri Yuta Parakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamstra Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahaganaraganatam Vitantam Sajivam Sadvaitam Sabadutam Purijana Saitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhanditamscha Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Adoita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaur Bhattavrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Translation again to text number 17th, number 17 of the fifth chapter, first canto. One who has forsaken his material occupations to engage in the devotional service of the Lord may sometimes fall down while in an immature stage, yet there is no danger of his being unsuccessful. On the other hand, a non-devotee though fully engaged in occupational duties, does not gain anything. So before um, <clears throat> entering into our discussion of Srimad Bhagavatam, I just wanted to welcome all the um, assembled Vaishnavas and um, all the devotees who may uh, be um, able to participate online. Uh, um, my name is Kripamayadas. I am from New Vrindavan, but by the grace of my uh, son-in-law and my Naveen Shah and my daughter Krishna Priya and my 
two grandchildren, Radha Leela and Chandrajika, Kaidava Chandrajika. My wife and I are here in Dallas uh, part time of the year. And uh, actually, when I first came to the, into the uh, Dallas temple here, I just noticed the, the beauty of the temple room and the beauty of the deities. And uh, I even noticed that the, um, the columns are very similar to the columns we have in the New Vrindavan temple room. But the only difference is, is that here, the columns are so beautiful. And the color is just exquisite. Um, you know, unfortunately, it just seems we, we need to do a little upgrade in our color scheme in the temple room in New Vrindavan. But here, it's just exquisite. And uh, really appreciate the, uh, the thoughtfulness of the devotees who, who endeavor to uh, put this amazing temple to, uh, together. So I just want to thank all of them. Thank all of you. So, <clears throat> this morning, uh, we're reading from this chapter entitled Narda's Instructions on Srimad Bhagavatam. And here we're hearing a very uh, um, inspiring verse um, uh, spoken by Srila Narada Muni to um, his disciple Srila Vyasadeva. And it's inspiring because uh, it says here that even if you give up your material existence, uh, your material occupational duties to engage in devotional service, and if you, even if you fall down, um, there's no need for despondency. You know, someone may be thinking, uh, if I give up uh, my um, material life, and if I'm not successful in devotional service, what will happen? But Krishna boldly declares in the Bhagavad Gita that <clears throat> declare it boldly that my devotee never perishes. Um, and that the beauty of devotional service is that this verse, um, in this verse we, we're, 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 we're um, Shilap, uh, um, Narada Muni is highlighting one of the, the beautiful elements um, of devotional service is that um, it is eternally to our benefit. Whatever we do in devotional service is never lost. And this Srila Prabhupada explains in the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, which is referred to here in the purport. In this endeavor, there's no loss or diminution. A little advancement on this path can save one from the most dangerous type of fear. And Srila Prabhupada explains that the, the, the great danger um, is that one can glide down into, uh, can not get the opportunity in his next life to have this human form of life and enter into a form of life that is more um, more covered by the modes of material nature. Actually, <clears throat> when Srila Prabhupada came here uh, in 1965, um, actually, he came here with with great uh, great difficulty. Uh, um, Describes in the Lilamrita how when Srila Prabhupada was, was, was preparing to come here, he simply came here because he was given that instruction by his spiritual master when he was uh, a young man. And it wasn't until many years later, was it 20 or 30 years later, uh, after he met his spiritual master, that he, he f- felt it was time to take up that instruction. Seriously. So what I find very interesting is that, uh, as it relates to this verse this morning, because here in the purport, um, uh, Srila Prabhupada writes that uh, the stress is given here 
to surrendering unto the lotus feet of the Lord. The hell, to simply hear about, um, uh, hear the phrase, surrender unto the lotus feet of the Lord, but without seeing an actual example of that, you know, then it remains very, can remain very theoretical. Um, so Srila Prabhupada was a, was a, um, a, a shining example of this, of this mood of surrender. Just like even today, even, um, Rupanukabubu was giving class, uh, on Wednesday and he, he, uh, told a, uh, a story of how one time someone went to, uh, Tamal Krishna uh, Goswami and said that now that Prabhupada is gone, things just feel different. And Tamal Krishna Maharaj says, what do you mean, Prabhupada is gone? Surely Prabhupada is not gone. He's present in his instructions. This is what uh, is on the tombstone of Haridas Thakur. Uh, it was Srila uh, Bhadimeo Thakur says, he reasons ill. Let's say that Vaishnavas die. For, di- for Vaishnavas um, uh, die. <clears throat> for the Vaishnavas are living still in sound. Vaishnavas die to live and a living try spread a holy name, spread a holy life around. So <clears throat> this is the uh, unique contribution of our Gaudiya Vaishnava philosophy is that the spiritual master, um, the, the instruction of God, uh, the name of God, these are all absolute. Um, and that just like um, uh, it explains in the in Hebrews, in the uh, book of Hebrews in the Bible, it says that the, the name of God is living and active. Right? Um, and that is sharper than any double-edged sword, and that it knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So it's living and active. But by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we can understand um, that that the name of the Lord is non-different from the Lord. Similarly, the instruction of the spiritual master is non-different from the spiritual master. So when Tamal Krishna Goswami um, said that Srila Prabhupada is still here, he was speaking from that deep realization that, that just as Krishna is non-different from his name, that Krishna is, is his name. Krishna's name is Krishna. Similarly, the instruction of the spiritual master is non-different from the spiritual master. Therefore, we understand the distinction is given that there's Vani and there's Vapu. And Vapu is the physical uh, body of the spiritual master, uh, the vani is the instruction of the spiritual master. And both are equally powerful and potent. Uh, so this is how, when Srila Prabhupada was preparing to come to America, that he felt, he always felt enlivened and inspired. I was just reading how in 1965, Srila Prabhupada, he came uh, to America with uh, three volumes of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which he had he had translated into English, and this is one of those volumes. This is the the first volume of those three volumes. Um, he also had his translation of Bhagavad Gita, and he also had um, two hundred copies. I think I believe was he brought with him two hundred sets of books, and he brought um, uh, I think about two hundred copies of of a printed out sheet of the Shikshastikam prayers of, of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to pass out, to, to help people understand um, the mission of the Hare Krishna movement. So he had, uh, what's interesting is that Srila Prabhupada had no money of his own. He had actually, when Srila Prabhupada took sannyas, he gave up. He gave up all his wealth, even though he was a, a businessman. He gave it all up. He could have easily kept some money aside. Says, "Well, I'm going to use this money to to print Shrimad Bhagavatam." But no, he left it all behind. He took up the, the vow of a sannyasi uh, without any uh, bank account. Without any, he did not take anything from his 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 
his previous life with him. He can completely cut connections with his previous life. And that put him in a position of complete dependence upon Krishna. So he is not depending upon his his material assets or his material friends or, or his material family or anything. He was putting himself purposely, intentionally, putting himself in a position of complete dependence upon Krishna. So he had he had no funds. So he had to he had to ask for donations uh, as a sannyasi uh, for funds to 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 publish this Shrimad Bhagavatam. And it was with great difficulty he had to go get the paper. He had to bring the paper to the printer, and he had to um, you know personally go over all the proofs himself and do all make any corrections. Um, so finally, in, in, in January of 1965, Srila Prabhupada got the, um, the third volume of the first canto published. And he was thinking, now uh, I'm ready to go to the West. But <clears throat> he still didn't, had no passport. He had no money. He needed some kind of funding to, to get to America, but he didn't have these things. But at least he had his book. He says, now I'm ready. You know, just like a, a warrior, like a, um, a prize fighter, you know, he's, he's done his, 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 his workouts and, you know, he feels, okay, now I'm ready to get into the ring, right? So Srila Prabhupada felt he's ready, um, to, 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 to preach Krishna consciousness on behalf, on the instruction of his spiritual master. And all of a sudden he was, he went, he went to, um, he went to Bombay. He was at the time he was living in Delhi in the beginning of January, just after he finished getting the third volume published. And that was where his publisher was. So then he went to, not, let me try and sell some books. So he went to Bombay. At the time it was called Bombay, now it's Mumbai. And um, he met one librarian at the, uh, the Jai Sindh College, um, uh, Mr. Bhagwani, who, who purchased a set for him. And so then, then he said, I'll take you to some bookstalls. So he went to different bookstalls to try and sell the books. But the, the, the bookstore owner said, you know, no one's buying religious books these days. And, and then Srila Prabhupada, he went uh, to uh, the Mahalakshmi Temple. And um, there was, a, a, next to that was a, um, a library. And uh, even though he was very well received, uh, unfortunately, the, the temple did not have at that time the funds to purchase the books. Um, so again, Srila Prabhupada had to go back to Delhi, and he was, well, let me try to sell some books there um, to get some funds. And all of a sudden, he gets a a letter from the um, embassy uh, that your 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 sponsorship has been approved. Some some form, I forget the name of the form, has been approved. He says, what, what is it? I, I haven't instigated any proceedings to do this. I haven't filled out any application. How is it that this... So he went to the embassy and said, well, what, how did this happen? And he said, oh, well, there's a, a gentleman in, in, in Butler, Pennsylvania named Gopal Agarwal. He has sponsored your visit. And Srila Prabhupada, of course, immediately put two and two together. He says, oh, my God. He says, Krishna is so merciful. You know, he had met... Uh, um, Gopal Agarwal's father uh, in Mathura, and just in, in passing conversation, Shlok Prabhupada, whenever he met someone, he would say, um, you know, uh, do you know how many, do you have any children in the West? Could they sponsor me? You know, so every, every time he did a preaching program, he was always meditating on the instruction of his spiritual master. So finally, uh, Mr. Gopal Agarwal um, I'm sorry, Gopal Agarwal's father, I can't remember his first name, but uh, he was a doctor. Dr. Agarwal, he, he sent the uh, forms to his son, and his son just filled it out as a matter of formality because his father many times before had sent him uh, these letters uh, to sponsor sadhus to come to America. But none of them ever mater- never materialized. So it was just, for him, it was just a formality. He got the forms from his bank saying he had so much money in his account and so forth. And he sent a letter to the embassy in, the, in New York. And 
So finally, so that's how Srila Prabhupada was sponsored. So Srila Prabhupada became so enlightened. This Krishna's mercy. And now the sponsor. So then he had to go and, and get the passport. And that's a whole, whole pastime in itself. Going to Mumbai. And then he had, of course, being, he didn't have any money. So he figured, well, I don't have money to, I have to, let me get a ticket. So maybe I can, I can, I can get a free ticket. Right? Well, of course, he, he couldn't, he didn't you know, have any contacts in the, in the air, airline industry. Uh, but he knew of this, this, this pious Vaishnavi, Smati uh, Murarji, um, uh, who had this, this, this uh, company, the Sindhya Steenship Company. And she was very pious. And he, he kept asking her, uh, first he says, Swamiji, you're too old. If you go to America, you know, who will take care of you? You know, um, you know, if you get sick, where will you go? Where will you go? What will you eat? Just stay in India. Finish translating the Srimad Bhagavatam. Don't go to America yet. You know, she says, don't even, don't even think about going to America. It's a very difficult place. But Srila Prabhupada will not accept me. No. He was so determined. And finally, he just, he just, you know, he, he, he just sat there and he, he just, he, he waited, uh, outside her door. And finally, one time she came and, and, and he said, you know, uh, I must meet with you. So she, finally she relented. And she finally agreed because of his, his humble persuasion, right? Uh, you know, sometimes we can become persuasive in our in our dealings with others, but without humility, that persuasiveness can be perceived as aggression. And sometimes we just become humble, but we don't want to uh, be persuasive, and our that type of humility can lead to inactivity. Uh, but Srila Prabhupada had that co- that combination of humility and persuasiveness. Um, so he, that uh, ability to, to remain fixed on the instructions of a spiritual master but not become um, despondent or depressed in the face of, of difficulty. Um, just like later on, um, Srila Prabhupada, you know, one, one of the arguments for Srila Prabhupada not to come to the West was that in the West he would not be respected. You know, he would, in India, a, 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 a sannyasi could show up at the doorstep of, of any, um, you know, governor or um, any leader in the country, and get some respect, get you know some some acknowledgement, and you know he he even went to the prime minister of India, uh, um, uh, Prime Minister Shastri, and gave him a set of his books and, and got an endorsement. So that was the that's the nature of the of the, of the Indian culture uh, at that time. Um, so when, when Srila Prabhupada came to America, he found this one building in New York, and he was very excited to get this as a temple. And he was, he was waiting for the Prime Minister who was supposed to come to the UN and, uh, and talk. So he was waiting for Prime Minister Shastri. Um, and he, he, on his way there, he went to Russia, and he had a heart attack. So so, so all of Srila Prabhupada's plans were, you know, here he was. Here was someone he felt confident he could at least get funds released from India to open a temple in New York. But he did not become despondent. He did not become depressed. So anyway, so it's, uh, Srila Prabhupada showed um, the mood of surrender at every moment. Um, and uh, as he, as he, so heartfelt expressed in his prayer um, that he wrote on the Jaladuta, where he said, um, I have no devotion, nor do I have any knowledge, but I have strong faith in the holy name of Krishna. That I have been designated as Bhati Vedanta. And now, if you like, O oh Lord, you can fulfill the real purport of Bhati Vedanta. So it's this strong faith in the Holy Name that sustains Srila Prabhupada. The, whole, the strong faith in the Holy Name of Krishna and strong faith 
firm faith in the instruction of the spiritual master that sustained him and enabled him uh, to perform um, miracles. Um, so the similarly, um, as devotees, um, by developing this, this faith, this firm faith in the instructions of the spiritual master, this um, firm uh, faith in the power of the holy name, um, in closing, I'd just like to tell one story which I found very inspiring from the Mahabharat. Um, one time, uh, the four, the five Pandavas were uh, with their spiritual, their, their martial guru, Dronacharya. And they were being um, tested uh, to see. Um, uh, Dronacharya wanted to test his disciples to see who was the, 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 the most um, advanced of his disciples. And so the, the cousins, the Pandavas' cousins were there, the Kurus, um, and they had a, um, a wooden uh, bird uh, tied way up, way, way, way high up in a tree. And uh, Dronacharya asked his, his, his uh, um, you know, first he asked Yudhisthira, um, uh, to come forward and, and, and shoot the eye of the bird. So um, Yudhisthira took out his arrow. He aimed the uh, uh, arrow at the bird. And then Dronacharya said, don't release your arrow yet. Tell me, what do you see? And Yudhisthira said, I see the bird. I see the tree. I see the branches. I see the sky. And Dronacharya said, Step down. You're not, you're not qualified to release the arrow. And then, uh, so he did the same thing. Uh, Dronacharya told um, Bhima and uh, Akula and Sadev and all the Pandavas. And then he even went to Duryodhana. I started asking the different crews, asking them to do, the, to do the same thing, asking the same question. What do you see? And actually, Duryodhana was thinking he was very clever. He was thinking, ah, I know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, pander up to my, uh, you know, uh, spiritual master. When he asked me that question, I'm going to tell him I see him also. So he got so Duryodhana, uh, being the expert politician uh, that he thought he was, um, and that he was, he was a, an expert politician, um, materially speaking. So he got there and he, he, he picked up the arrow, he strung the bow, uh, and Dronacharya asked him, what do you see? I see the bird, I see the tree, I see the sky, and I see you, O Gurudev. Right? Like this kind of pretentious, um, you know, a love uh, that he, uh, this uh, so-called uh, love that he was expressing for his guru. Actually, he was just interested in getting power, but he was expressing um, so-called love for Dronacharya. And Dronacharya said, you step down also. So all, all the Kurus, all the Pandavas had to step down. Then Dronacharya asked Arjuna, please come forward. Uh, and Arjuna picked up the arrow, picked up his bow, aimed at the target. And then Dronacharya asked him, what do you see? And Arjuna said, I see the eye of the bird. And Dronacharya said, do you see anything else? And Arjuna said, I just see the eye of the bird. And when he said that, it describes that Dronacharya started feeling ecstasy. And he said to Arjuna, release your arrow. And Arjuna released the arrow and it pierced the eye of the wooden bird. So Srila Prabhupada comments in this connection that uh, the devotee uh, uh, is so focused. He likens it to actually aiming our arrow at the lotus feet of the Lord. Right? Just as Arjuna aimed his arrow at the bird, Shri Prabhupada says in the, in the Bhagavatam, 
by aiming the arrow of our attention at the lotus feet of the Lord with such fixed attention. And this is the, uh, just like it explains in the second chapter, uh, verse 41. Uh, that those who are on this path are resolute in purpose and their aim is one. O beloved child of the Kulas, the intelligence of those who are irresolute is many branched. Arjuna was, he was resolute. His aim was one. And he aimed at that one eye on the bird only, following the instructions of his spiritual master. So similarly, um, Srila Prabhupada was focused on the instructions of his spiritual master. Um, and similarly, when we chant the holy name of the Lord, the devotee, uh, he's able, he's able to, by the mercy of the Lord, he's able to focus on the holy name alone. And in so doing, he's able to release his, his consciousness like an arrow into the spiritual world. Um, I'll stop here. Um, uh, are there any questions or comments or, or elaborations or corrections? I'll read the verse one more time. One who has forsaken his material occupations to engage in the devotional service of the Lord may sometimes fall down while in an immature stage. Yet there is no danger of his being unsuccessful. On the other hand, a non-devotee, though fully engaged in occupational duties, does not gain anything. Shrimad Bhagavatam Ki Shri Prabhupada Ki Gaur Premanand Haribo Hare Krishna